Welcome to another episode of Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you be the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Worshing of The Client Driven Practice. And I'm Julie Littlechild, president of AbsoluteEngagement.com. And in this episode, it's all about the wow. We're talking to Michelle Hoskin, a.k.a. Little Miss Wow. Michelle's an author, speaker, and coach. She's based in England, but works with advisors around the world. Her focus is on intentionally designing a business that delivers a wow experience. But what's really interesting about what Michelle does is that she starts with what's most important, which is really understanding your own purpose. In this episode, you'll learn things including how developing an acronym can be the first step in redesigning your practice from a blank sheet of paper that will be irresistible to your target market. You'll learn the value of mapping out the five parts of your client journey and how one advisor locked up a year's worth of clients by giving away an Aston Martin for a weekend. And with that, let's go to our conversation with Michelle. Michelle, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, look, you know that the focus of the podcast is really becoming referable. So that's a pretty big topic. But as the name suggests, we're we're interested in what it takes to make an advisor referable. Uh, but we're also then, of course, interested in how they can take action to, to increase business as well. But let me just start perhaps at, at a very high level and ask you what you think it takes to make a business referable. I think um, I think the most important uh, place to start is there's a there's a huge amount of uh, talk around the fact that we are in an experienced economy and there's tons of books and um, information out there about why we're moving into this era and what it takes to be successful in this in this age of our need and I suppose demand as consumers and clients to be have an amazing experience. I think I, I've almost taken it to another level and I think. You know, in truth, we're actually in the, I would call it the wow economy. You know, we want, we don't want just an experience, we want a wow experience. And I think this is, this is testament to the success of things like Facebook and, you know, we're all posting things that we're doing in amazing places and great service. And I think what it, what it actually takes is to, um, to serve and to deliver wow is you, you, it's just military. You know, like, I think things, you know, you go into amazing, hotels, amazing restaurants, and you can almost see um, military action in, in, in process, in, in, you know, in progress. So when people have, and organizations have really thought about what it's like to be a client, what it's like to be a customer, and they've, they've thought through that whole journey, um, they've packed wow into it. So I think what it takes is it takes effort, it takes somebody or a group of people to sit down and say well, what is it what is it like being a client of ours and that takes effort and it takes time um but it takes real desire to you know I, I did a workshop two days ago and you know every single person around the around the room from five different firms they're there for one reason and one reason only because they want to make the effort to wow not just do enough or just be good they want to literally blow the socks off their clients. Right. So it, I think it, I think it takes desire. It takes a huge amount of effort, but the rewards are in abundance. Absolutely. Now, it's interesting that you mention other industries. Do, do you find that advisors are looking outside our industry, being less insular? And are you encouraging them to do that, to, under, to create this wow experience? 
Yeah, I mean, I um, I, I purposely, um, you know, look outside of outside of financial services for my own benefit and also to share that insight with clients. My, my, my advice, I mean, generally, I think advisors are very insular. You know, that's why there's lots of think tanks and mastermind groups and, you know, within their own organizations and with their own networks. They talk about what does best look like and what does wow look like. So I really massively encourage them to, you know, talk about and, and almost capture what experiences they've had on airlines and in hotels and in restaurants and to literally be on, on Wow Watch. I mean, I call it Wow Watch. <laughs> and we, we recently introduced um, Wow Cards so that when we as just everyday people are out and about and we see somebody that goes over and above the call of duty or literally, you know, is, is wow and has wow does, that they write a little card out and give them um, and give it to them. I give, I give one wow card to a, a security guard at Ottawa Airport last, last October. You may be the first who's ever done that. I think thought I was hitting on him as I handed over <laughs> this little card with a little note on it. But his face was, because uh, he was the most, the most amazing security guard I've ever come across in my whole time of travelling, and he deserved a wow card. So when you look at it and see it from other industries, it's almost really obvious that that is a, an act of wow. And then you can bring it back into your own businesses. So when you talk about this this wow experience, clearly designed, are you able to boil it down to the specific things that make a client experience extraordinary? Are there certain characteristics of that that you've seen? Yeah, well, let, let, me, um, let me tell you a very... Um, brief story mm-hmm. I think it will it highlights the point beautifully so I was in um, and I tell this story to advisors and in presentations and let's let's just so we're really clear so the wow that I refer to is double w mm-hmm. so w o w w and it actually stands for ways of wowing the world that's what it actually stands for so I um, I'm on radar all the time for wow experiences and wow officers and wow staff and lots of other things but I was in Vancouver in June, and I walked into a, the Pan Pacific Hotel, and I was hot, I was late, I was hungry, I was tired, and I was thirsty. So all the, the wrong combination of everything. And this guy welcomed me at the, the desk, and he, and he said, um, I can see you're in a rush. Um, don't worry, we'll take extra special care of you. You know, let me take you to your seat. And he, instantly, he almost wrapped me up in bubble wrap to make sure that everything that I needed I got and everything I wanted I got so he made me feel like I was the only diner in that restaurant mm. he sat me down at the table he deliberately put me um, near the air conditioning and he checked that that was okay he said to me um, you know are you in a rush where do you need to be and, and literally literally pandered to my every need now bear in mind I'm just a person just visiting the restaurant and then the next thing I know, I've got the manager there saying that they were going to allocate a specific chef in the kitchen to my lunch because it, they weren't busy and they wanted to make sure that I got what I needed so that I could get out of the restaurant in time. <laughs> but at this, at this point, I'm sitting there going, this is amazing. I feel like the, I'm like the centre of their universe. And they understood what I was going through. Now, they didn't know what I was going through, but they, they were switched on enough to, to read signs, I guess. And so the guy came over and he said, I'll be your chef. Is there anything that you, that you particularly would like? 
um, I'll make it for you. But may I suggest, because you're in a rush, the tuna salad. I was like, I'll, do what, I'll eat whatever you tell me, because you're going to make it for me specifically in the kitchen, you know. So off he goes, and that comes my tuna salad. The, the guy um, brought me fresh water, very attentive. And, but the killer thing was, well, two killer moments. He said, are you from the UK? And you could see I was quite stressed, ready for this meeting. And I said, um, I, well, I'm a, bit, I'm a little bit busy, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit under pressure. He said, you're, you're from the UK. I understand that you, 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 know, you English quite like a cup of tea to calm you down. Would you like me to bring you an English breakfast tea? So I was like, I love you. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> and, and then, as I was drinking my tea, he said, Miss um, Hoskin, I've taken the liberty of arranging a car for you with our concierge to take you to your meeting, you know, um, so you have an extra 10, 15 minutes because you don't have to walk. It's on the house. I've arranged it with a concierge. All you have to do is walk down the steps and it can be ready for you. It's one of our um, one of our hotel chauffeurs. Well, I could have I could have swung my arms around this guy, gave him the biggest kiss in the world. He totally blew me out of the water. Wow. I asked for nothing, and I swear to you, Julie, I only spent about thirty Canadian dollars <laughs> on a salad and a drink. That was it. So I told every single person that story that I've spoken to or presented to since June. <laughs> So what's interesting to me is, so you take that, you've got this incredible experience. Clearly, he connected, or both the, everybody connected on a different level. It wasn't just about what they did, it was that they understood what you needed in some way. And so when you try to unpack that a little and think about how does that hotel or that restaurant, and then how does an advisor think about creating some process and structure around that so that they can do the same kind of things? I think it's, I think it, it's how they're ruled. And what I mean by that is, if you think about most financial services firms, they, are, they, are, they run and they operate, therefore they deliver service in a way that is... Um, it meets compliance and regulatory requirements. So in a, in a, in a, in a hospitality industry like, like hotels, yes, there's health and safety, but I don't think they've made it such a big deal that we've made compliance. So I think advisors go into, into delivering services, they're exhausted before they've even started because there's so, much, so many boxes to tick and so much drudgery around, oh, like, oh my God, we've got to now do this, and we've got to fill this form out, that they're just only managing to just do enough. So I say to advisors, but if you put the focus on the client truly, and not just serve, not just a servicing way, but serving way, you will just swallow up the regulatory requirements in your path. So I think it's, it, it's just where their focus is. Are they focusing on amazing client experiences and delivering them consistently to the level clients have come to love to and expect? Or are they focusing on just getting over the compliance hurdles to process business? Yeah. When the focus switches, everything, the magic just starts to happen. And that, that's the switch. It's not... It's not, you know, meeting a client at reception with an umbrella in case it's raining or a, a plaque with their name on in the car park. It's a massive, like, cultural focus as a business. And that comes from the top, you see. 
So I found that when you've got advisors running businesses who travel first class and have a chauffeur and, you know, they live their lives wanting wow, their businesses do it by default. But those advisors who are they're just living in a kind of just get by kind of way, that, that shows itself in their business too. And I think that's the difference. Is this something that you see almost as innate in certain advisors, or is it something that, you know, I might see this glimmer, I might hear you talk about that restaurant and think, that is what I want to deliver to my clients. I I want that for them. And if I have that thought, where do you have me start to really begin to then craft the experience that is going to be that wow experience? Well, the first thing is that a couple of things just to, to, to point out. Yes, it, it, is in, it is in them and it's led from the top. And the reason they want to deliver wow for their clients is because they want, they want service providers to give them wow, right? So mm-hmm. they understand what wow looks like. Now, there's, there's almost a caveat. There's, there's almost two really, really important points. I was chatting to an advisor a while back and he, you know, he, he travels well and he goes on lovely holidays and you know he eats at the best restaurants but what he realized was through our conversation was that none of his staff have ever eaten in a michelin star restaurant Mm -hmm. they've never traveled anything above standard class they've never you know they've never experienced real exclusive service so when he was expecting his team to deliver this fabulous service they've never received it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then didn't even know what it looked like. The other, the other sort of part to that is, you know, the way that, I mean, I, I, I recommend every advisor um, who's listening to this po- podcast does this exercise. And that is the next opportunity that they get to sit down with all of their team, they do this exercise. And that is they ask their team, when I say the word wow, what word springs to mind? Instantly, that what's that word that, that jumps out at them that they can say diamonds or extraordinary or whatever it is, and that advisor has to make sure that every single person in that team has words that are similar. You imagine your word is amazing, but your PA, their wow word is compliance mm. and standards and process. Now you're going to have a miss. So you have to, as a business, the first place you have to start is you have to understand what your version of wow looks like for a bit for the business. You know, Michelle. Michelle, one of the things that I've one of the things that I've observed about advisors is they they might see that kind of experience, they might have that kind of experience, but then they have a challenge in in translating that into what they do for clients. Is there anything you can recommend to? help an advisor get a perspective of what the client experience is like and, and translate some of those wows from other industries into what they do for clients? Well, well, so, so if, yeah, so if they, if they ask their team what does wow look like and they come up with maybe an acronym like amazing, um, you know, extraordinary, and, you know, and come up with an acronym that, that wow means for their business, the next thing they have to do is they need to imagine that they have no clients, they have no staff, they have no office, they have no business and they have no service and start designing it from scratch. So in that, you imagine a, a financial advisor business sits around with their team and says, imagine we're starting this business from scratch. 
and we're about to serve our ideal client. We have no regulator. We have no compliance. How would we deliver that service? And you design it totally from scratch. And you talk about amazing experiences that they've had. And it might be that somebody said, you know, I went onto an aeroplane and, you know, the hostess remembered my name. It could be anything. It could be a small, tiny little thing. They have to imagine they're starting it from scratch. Because the only way you can design wow is if you imagine you are literally, you have a blank sheet of paper and a blank canvas. Because the second that business starts to imagine they've got clients, they'll start to talk themselves out of it. I'll give you an example. So, you know, one of the, um, you know, one of the things that I say, you know, it's not even a wow necessarily, but it's, you know, it's like have, have a name plaque where the client can park in your car park. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. If you imagine you're starting your business from scratch, you might factor that step in. However, if you've got clients, currently, that they would think that was a little bit overkill or a little bit naff or, you know, a little bit pretentious, you wouldn't write that in your process. So you're designing, you're designing wow around your existing clients, and that's the bad place to start. Mm-hmm. You almost have to start imagining you have no clients, but you are about to serve your favorite type of client. And it works every time. It works every time. And then it's easy to, easy to roll in. You were just talking about your favorite clients there, and I'd love to ask you, we've been talking to a lot of folks about niche markets, particularly as it relates to referrals, the the need to have a niche and, and, and your ability to serve effectively when you've got a more targeted audience. How does that concept of target client or niche play into designing this kind of experience? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. I mean, I um, so 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 my I, I don't you know my my thought about niche is very specific, and um, you know I, I I get the fact that you know I'll say to advisors you know what, what's your target market, and if I I swear if I hear high net worth <laughs> business professional one more time I'm going to scream because I'll say to an advisor it's so not about how much money they've got it's so not about the job they do. When you're trying to wow somebody, you're connecting with them at a much deeper level. So I want to know, for example, you know, where they hang out at the weekend, how much they love their children, what do they think about being a parent, what do they think about you know, their, their relationship with their wife. I want to know the, the much deeper ideal client for that firm. So let me give, let me give you an example. So I, I did an exercise with a, with a firm once, and I said to them, you know, they, they were talking about how to market and get more referrals. You know, this was one of the big topics they, they, mm-hmm. were, they were discussing with me. And I said to them, who's your, who's your ideal client? And they gave me the standard high net worth, business owner, entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. And I, at this point, I, I, was, I was bored already, right? <laughs> so I said to them, no, tell me really about your, your ideal client. I said, tell me what car they drive today. And they said, well, you know, Jaguar, Audi, Mercedes, BMW. And I said, tell me what car they would love to drive. Like, they would give their right arm to drive or to own. Like, he's like Aston Martin, Tesla, straight out. There was no hesitation in his voice. And I said, okay, so this is what you do. The next client event you do, you're going to do it at the Aston Martin car garage down the road, and you're going to have cocktails and wine and cheese and nibbles, and you're going to ask them to bring a friend. He invited 40 clients, 
and every single one of them came. The Aston Martin garage gave up um, an Aston Martin for a weekend to a winner during the event, and 40 clients bought 40 prospects. He converted 22 prospects into clients out of 40 mm. because he targeted them beautifully, and it had nothing to do with they were bankers or they were this or they were high net worth. He had a full house because he understood that client, not now, but their wishes and their desires. Mm -hmm. And it worked beautifully. It couldn't have worked any better. So he wowed every single one of those people, those clients and prospects, because he understood them clients as well as they understood themselves, if not better. Right, right. So... When you are like my, you know, Julie, you're, you know, you're the same. You're, you have a niche client, the same as I do. You know, we do with a specific type of financial advisor. So when you start talking their language, and you know, when I say in presentations things like, you know, and I know you feel like this, and they're all shaking their head, going, "Oh my God, she's like, she's a witch. Like, how <laughs> does she know this stuff?" Because we know them better than they know themselves, and that's when you can wow. Because you're thinking of things before they've even thought about it, before they you're doing things before they've even asked about it. That's wow. That's when you blow the clients out the water. Right. You know, the competitors stand no chance. So if if I'm, I want to sort of try to get down to how I might think about this. So I've got my team together. We've talked about what they consider to be an extraordinary experience. How do I think about that client journey or client experience? Do you have a process that you take people through to break the business down or break the client experience down so that they can really begin to put some meat on that and define it a little more clearly? Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that I suggest that they do is literally start with, a, I could say, a blank sheet of paper. But, um, I mean, it's just a case of, I mean, get the flip chart out um, and almost talk through as a group in collaborative methods so just open it out and almost say to the team imagine everything's possible like imagine everything is possible nothing is a problem imagine we've got all the money in the world all the time and resources in the world and it's you know we can we can do whatever we want then i suggest that they break their sort of business or their client journey down into um, five main areas. And the first one is the, the kind of the engagement piece. So, you know, from the second that the inquiry comes in, so even when they're not a client, but when they're a prospect, you know, how, is, how are they inquiring? Um, you know, is it by email? Is it by telephone? Are they being referred in by a professional introducer? And you almost got to capture it right from the very first, of connection and you first of all just talk through what the client journey is so then you would you would kind of go to the engagement piece then you would maybe go to the kind of meeting you know the first meeting as simply as a team you're just talking this through and you would go into the, the, the gathering the data and the, almost the interaction through the, the advice process then the follow-up stage then the implementation stage, then the sort of the um, closing phase and the ongoing review. So you're breaking the client journey down into six, five or six sections. Then that, that document then needs typing up. And then you review it again on a different day 
with a different set of kind of um, a fresh perspective and you've got it up on the board and you say, what can we do between that step and that step that makes it wow? But your benchmark for wow is the word you've just created or come up with, which is your company's word. So let's imagine a firm's word is extraordinary. I would be saying to a firm from step one to step two, how do we make step one and step two and everything in between extraordinary? And it's bizarre because it's actually quite easy for the team to start kind of working together on coming up with some great ideas. It's, it's almost, it, it, it's, there's not like a magic silver bullet, Julie, that's going to, you know, to inject inspiration into a, into a team. But when you break it down into bite-sized pieces, it's amazing what they're able to inject into a process. Right. And all you do is they just write it on the board. Or you can get post-it notes, map it all out on the board and say, well, actually, if we sent out a summary audio message as well as a written letter after a first meeting, we think that would be wow. Or in the meeting, why don't we ask if they would like a copy of this letter being sent to uh, a trustee or a beneficiary or a daughter or son? And it's very easy for the team to start adding in sparkly bits, the bits that they don't do at the moment because there's no time and, you know, it's not a regulatory requirement. And when you remove all of those barriers, the juices start to flow Mm. almost instantly because I've I've seen it happen. Um, There's just one caveat to that. Wow will only work if you have the right people sitting around the table, Mm -hmm. i.e. if you have the right team. If you have a team around you that's half amazing and half, I can't really be bothered to work here, (laughs) or I could be working in a store, or I could be working in another office, you know, I'm not bothered about wow. It will never work. They, every single person around that table has to be the perfect person for that business. Yeah. And yeah. that what that business wants to deliver. Yeah. Otherwise, it won't work. That makes that it makes seems massively important. So much sense. I want to hear a bit about what you're you're up to in a moment, but I was wondering if I could just ask you one question, uh, which might involve what we've been talking about, or might just draw another experience. We've been asking this of all our guests, and that is, you know, is there uh, or are there two to three things that you think advisors can do to get people talking about them more? Yeah, I think on the basis that we're in this wow economy, as I call it, I think what do people want to talk about? They want to talk about the things they've done or that's happened to them that either hasn't happened before or they themselves could not make happen. So I'll give you an example. So, you know, a client is not going to share an amazing story with their friends that their advisor took them to a restaurant, the same restaurant that they took their wife to two weeks ago, because that's normal. That's normal. Mm-hmm. However, if, for example... Um, there was a, an advisor who had a, a client who was an art dealer or a cheese connoisseur or a wine specialist and there was some sort of a gift that was sent or a, a meal was put, arranged and you got an hour with the wine expert. So it's almost giving people access and giving them a service that they wouldn't get themselves. And even sometimes money can't buy. 
So I, I suggested an example. I suggested um, to an advisor once that um, he, he hosted a, a, a just a client event, nothing special, but he did it in the penthouse suite because he could afford it, which is all relative, um, in an exclusive tower in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Now, it wouldn't matter how much money you had in the world, you wouldn't be able to get access to the suite because you had to live there mm-hmm. in the block. And he totally blew his clients away because this was a lovely apartment block, but they couldn't get access to it. So, yes, the things that you have to do to get them talking about it is the things that, one, they can't buy themselves because they can't afford it, or they can't experience themselves just because they can't. Then you get people talking about it. It's like, guess what I did? I went to this restaurant, never been to this restaurant before, and it's super posh. It's got to be something more than they can do or get themselves. That's now, a, that, for example, you know, take me, for example, I, I didn't know, and, I, and sometimes I'm wowed when I go into these offices, and it's, I'm, I'm telling you this little snippet because it just doesn't have to be this big, amazing penthouse suite. I went into a client's office, and he had a scent machine above the door that um, spritzed out a beautiful smell of chamomile, jasmine, and lavender. Now, I was like, it smells amazing. I didn't see the scent machine. And I said, it's not, it's not so lovely in here. And he said, yeah, it's our scent machine. But he hadn't just bought jasmine, lavender and something. He'd had his special blend <laughs> mixed up, which cost him, you know, quite a few pounds, so that it relaxed the clients when they came in. <laughs> and he then, what he then did was, at Christmas, he had candles made in the same sense and sent them as gifts with their family name engraved on the side of the candle. <laughs> well... There's no way a client's going to say, "Oh, I know. I'll get. I'll buy myself a candle with our family name on it." But he thought about it, and it got him so much business, Julie. Because guess what? Everyone's talking about the amazing over Christmas, the amazing smelling candle with their family name around the bottom. (laughs) I love that idea. Hey, look, I know it's it works. We could uh, we could go on uh, and now I'm can't believe we're actually at time already because I could talk to you for hours. But um, let me just ask you this quickly. If uh, folks are interested in learning about what you're up to, where can they find you? There's various places. So in order to connect proactively and interactively, um, we can find me on um, Facebook um, as Little Miss Wow, also on Twitter as Little Miss Wow. Um, The website is... um, www.standardsinternational.co.uk We're also on Instagram and we're always um, sending out mailers with tips and tricks and and ideas and also um, on amazon.co.uk there is my new book which is The Little Book of Wow and where that that book came from was I met a lady who used to be headhunted by restaurants to become Michelin star Mm -hmm. And I got chatting to her one day and she said, well, you know, to be a Michelin star restaurant, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, will you do me a favor and email me the list of every single thing that a Michelin star restaurant would have to do (laughs) to maintain its status? And she did. And then I turned every single one of those things into what a financial advisor firm should do. And it's packed full of tips and ideas. And that's the, the best little book ever. And it's dead simple. And these ideas are being implemented all over the place so I'd love to connect with with anybody and you know if anyone sees wow and experiences wow then absolutely they need to 
you know, tweet me, share it on Facebook with us with the hashtag Wow Award. And Love we can it. share these great, amazing ideas that are um, are being implemented in firms. Thank you so much. That It is a great book. I'd certainly recommend it. I love, and I hadn't fully appreciated that it picked up on the Michelin for some for some reason, so that is wonderful. Look, thank you so much for your time. You're my pleasure, Julie. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks again. Take care. Hey, folks. Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.